3: Hey, security peeps, we are live with another edition of Breaking into Cybersecurity. It is C-So Thursdays. I am Renee Small, Cybersecurity Super Recruiter, helping awesome people hire great talent. It is Christmas, Christmas Eve. It is New Year's Eve. Happy New yeah. Year,
2: people. Bye-bye. Happy bye. New bye, Year.
3: twenty, 20, 20. 20. 20. <laughs> All right, we're going to go around the horn. The Dutch is here with us today. The Dutch. The Dutch. Good
4: morning. Hey, the Dutch. The Dutch. The Dutch. So, so happy to be so happy to be on with you guys. You guys, I love I love being on with you guys. So I'm thrilled to be here.
3: Excited to have you here, sir. And he listened. He has a crown. We find a crown. Festive. James Alex Azar.
4: James has nothing. James, what's going on? I am.
2: I am. You know what? I, I am sympathizing with the people of Hong Kong. The, today so free hong kong
3: <laughs> we gotta put a hashtag is it 2021
1: in hong kong yet it might
2: be they just did it in taiwan so nine minutes ago it was a happy new year in taiwan
1: good free free hong kong free hong kong yeah naomi buck walker huh. thanks for the hong kong shout out my parents are from hong kong so i feel an affinity yeah. with them but i've actually never been but yes let's free hong kong 2021.
2: Someone who's been there many of times and has a lot of friends there. Free Hong Kong.
3: Free Hong Kong. So here's the year, year. going to be there
4: next year, New Year's Eve, Hong Kong. That's the plan. Um.
2: Yeah. I mean, you hope so. It's it's an uphill battle to free it. Right. But mm. we're talking cyber. We're not talking Hong Kong. I mean, I'm just <laughs> raising awareness to the issue, so people don't live in a bubble.
3: Yeah. Very, very true. Okay, folks, our usual... Well, we said we were going to do a wrap today, a 2020 wrap-up, Good Riddance 2020. James Alex Azar, should we start with you?
2: How about we talk about how this year started? Right? Does everyone remember what happened in January? Or Yeah,
1: we almost went to war.
2: <laughs> yeah, like... What so, happened
1: in January? I can't remember. So in
2: January, um, President Trump took out Qasem Soleimani... And we had Citrix. The lo- at the time, the Citrix thing in January felt like Solar Winds feels today. Yeah, people forget Citrix because like COVID came on, yeah. and like like nothing could have saved Citrix more than COVID. <laughs> <laughs> like those guys were looking down a those guys were looking down a black hole. Um, and 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 Citrix happened, and I think that's something we, we have to remember. That solar winds that everyone's kind of like talking about, and we're seeing more data now, and we're getting more factual data,
4: is very interesting. What do you think, Dutch? Yeah, I mean, it feels like it was five years ago. That's my impression. I mean, everything sort of post mid March, like until you just said, I'd I'd kind of forgotten, honestly. What you know that 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 was. That was in the news at the time, and so everything just flipped, you know, in early early in March, and it, it, it um, yeah, I mean, everything just took out totally new dimensions, I guess. Feels like a, yeah.
3: Feels like a total blur. Like everything pre-COVID.
4: Feels so.
3: Like you know, like you can't remember. I can't even remember what 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 was happening.
2: Well, I think there's there's like a thing to what we went through as people, right, beyond cyber. Right Right beyond all of that, just like the human element of this, the, um, Renee, you do awesome segments with the psychologist, with Dan, like on Mondays, I Mm -hmm. love those, like during this pandemic, like just tuning in for 10 minutes and just, you know, listening into that was just, okay. (sighs) Like breathe, (laughs) you know, but there there's, there's aspects to what we've been through as a humanity and we were so focused on like solar winds and 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 Citrix and when was the last time we all got to hang out and like be in the same place and you know there, there's a lot to that there, there's 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 a lot to that that took a toll on all of us. But
4: well, do you yeah. guys feel like? But I feel like as a as a community though, like we like there's actually probably more connectivity. I mean because. People aren't traveling, you're not in board meetings, you're not at all the shit. I mean, so we were all, including me, lamenting, oh, we're not at Black Hat, we're not at, you know, whatever. But like, I think via the social, this this type of a setting, we actually connected with a lot of other people, you know, because, you know, all these, you know, new podcasts came up or new topics came up. And so, in some ways, you know, there's been a ton of connections. So I think the community kind of, is resilient, right? Kind of rebounded from the fact that nobody's traveling, nobody's doing all these meetings, nobody's doing all the shows, nobody's doing all those things. And we've actually had a very active, and it's been super healthy, James, to your your point to have these kinds of of interactions because otherwise it's like nine meetings a day. Oh, I'm on Zoom, yay. You know, like all day long. So this is actually you know a great way to connect with other people.
3: I feel like it was, um, I'm with you, Dutch. I think that this year, it actually was a crazy, not so busy year for me in particular. I mean, outside of kids and all that other stuff, but security hires and all that—it's been wild. Mm-hmm. Um, and just taking a breather, to James's point. I mean, I, I jokingly and and it's it was a joke, but it's true. I was like, I have Dan on every Monday because I want to hear from. Him. <laughs> I need censoring. <laughs> like, I need to hear from him myself. So. Doctor Dan, for all of you that don't know, he comes on on Mondays, and we did a Mondays where we started it, you know, on a not on a whim, but I was like, hey Dan, you should just come on because people I know are struggling, right? And because Dan is a psychologist, and because he um he he laughs. He and when I say, oh, he, I, I'm like Dan, you're seasoned. He goes, you mean I'm the oldest guy you know? <laughs> When he's been through so many things. I, I, I said it. I'm like, Dan, is this like, you know, take me back to what this potentially could have been like? Was it like the Vietnam War? Was it like, you know, civil rights? Like, you know, take us back because perspective, I feel like, you know, perspective. The older people just have so much. Um, they have the perspective, so they're so much more centered and more calm. Like, I feel like the rest of some of us are running around and they're like, it's gonna be okay. We've been through other stuff, you know? And so that part of it, you know, having him on every week, um, and just doing these podcasts. I mean, I have connected with so many people. So to Dutchess and James's, I know Naomi will say this too. I mean, the four of you, like I didn't know you guys last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right. So I mean, I've made so many friends from this. I mean, real deal. People that I call mm-hmm. and text, and it's 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 actually been um Part of it, it's a blessing and a curse. It's been a it's been a real blessing.
2: Well, I think it centered us as people, right? Because like to Dutch's point, we were all traveling and at events. And when you're at an event, you don't rare you don't nearly interact with as many people. And you end up in some sort of clique where you're with kind of like one group of people throughout the entire event and you don't really get to meet others. I mean, I don't know that CISO Thursdays would be a thing if it wasn't for COVID. Right. Right. Um, and and there's there's parts of that that are kind of very, very good. But there's also the challenge that it created on a lot of people from a mental health perspective, from a job perspective. I mean, let's not forget that a lot of people lost their jobs, maybe not in our industry. Yes. Maybe not where we live, but our neighbors, our friends, our family. A lot of those people did lose work. And so we're we're blessed. We're in an industry that was really prospering during this time period um, because of because of the nature of people being online. But other industries have been completely shut down
1: mm-hmm. and, and many
2: of them still are.
3: And I don't think a lot are coming back. Some of them are coming back.
2: Well, and it's going to be coming back. Like, I hate the new normal. So I'm saying, I, I say, I, we're going back to normal, right? And we're going to go back to normal. Like, it, we're going to get there at some point or another, you know, over the next few months. Like, I just feel like at some point, you know, after the end of January, I think around Valentine's Day, people are just going to be like, screw this. I'm taking my wife out to dinner at a restaurant, or we're going to go do a weekend because we've been at home with the kids. And now that grandparents are getting the, their vaccine shots, you know, you're like, "Hey, Grandpa, Grandma, you haven't had the kids all year. Take them."
3: <laughs> I can't wait for that.
2: They're yours. We're gone. We're turning off our phones. We're doing what Dutch is doing for the holidays. We're going to a cabin with no, cell no, Wi-Fi. no,
1: no Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. No Wi-Fi. I know
4: nothing. Enjoy.
1: <laughs> we deserve it. We deserve it.
4: Yeah, we do. I've seen the 16 year old, she was like, "Wait, what?" Like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't tell him how to play. I, I didn't say anything. That's smart.
1: So, oh, that's
4: God, That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> the games and the and, oh, wow.
1: Like, yeah,
4: the fourteen-year-old was like, "Is this like what, what it was like pre-internet?" I'm like, "Yes, this is what yes, it was like. pre." Yeah, we read books, by the way. Uh-huh. Yeah. exactly.
2: Yeah. So
3: early yeah. says, "Happy New Year, cybersecurity pros. How are you all? Have you already talked <laughs> about the recent SolarWinds hack?"
1: Uh, we've killed that.
2: We've, we've, <laughs> we've, we've, we've murdered that
3: someone one. Yeah, murdered that guy, beaten that one down. Early, you got to go back like two or three weeks. When did it happen?
1: Last week? The week before?
2: Three weeks ago. Three. Yeah. yeah.
1: Wow, that feels so much longer. But we never went around back to FireEye to just give them the props that they deserve because yeah. they're the first one yeah. who actually like put this out there and said theirs is a problem, and they did Sis's job for them. So props to FireEye. Anyone's listening, you guys really helped us out. So, hug ups. I, I hope
2: that's the new precedent in the industry, yeah. right? Where companies that go through uh, an event are able to yeah. put out the IOCs and TTPs and share a Hello. little bit more information.
1: Transparency, yes. Yeah. That was yeah. so underrated. I don't know, but that needs to be shared more widely than it was. Agreed. Not enough people noticed that. That was amazing.
3: Or well, shouted it out. I mean, yeah. I think we internally noticed it, but again, James' echo yeah. yeah. chamber part, you know, people mm-hmm. getting that understanding that this that was huge.
4: Well, I mean, you, you've got to Yeah. Go ahead, Dutch. I would say you think the trajectory, like you go back like four or five years, like nobody wanted to talk about it. And then you sort of see the shift where people in the same industry space, I'll just pick on, I'll say financial services just as an example. right? Then they would start to talk to each other, right? The CISOs, mm-hmm. and I, you know, they would have the secret squirrel channels, like whatever it was, right? And so they're like, no, no, off the record, like no, because we realize that they're likely to come after the next person, right? Mm-hmm. Whoever's day zero was. Like, we're all about to follow. So, then you sort of just see that sort of informal connecting happening in the last few years. But I agree with you, Naomi. Like, kudos to FireEye for publicly putting it out there because that is the right type of response, right? The right thing to do. Right. The criminals collaborate better than we do. So they, 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 totally they, they totally do. They totally do because they're they're like, hey, we're like we're in this loose gang. We, we're all about mm-hmm. the anti whatever, right? So right. they collaborate, you know, much better historically than we have as an industry. We need to do better. And, and you're right; it starts with transparency. And James, I know you wrote about it, meaning not throwing rocks at people. Um, mm-hmm. Like so, so yeah. So kudos to them for for doing a lot of great work when the thing happened, right? That enabled all the rest of us to then. Yeah.
1: Because Dutch, you and I, we're not competitors. We're we're on the same team. None of us are competitors with each other. And I think once we start realizing that we're on the same team, we have a common enemy. Like, let's go. Yeah. Yeah, I agree.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's 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 an aspect to what what used to be the chain reaction when an incident happened, right? Which is, oh my god, don't be that, and then all the marketing people at all the vendors would send out a math email. <laughs> don't be like so-and-so, get us, right? And Did
3: they do that this time? They no, very few did. No, did so,
2: so, I think the immature ones, like the people who hired marketing people that don't Come from within the community or haven't been within the ecosystem. They did it because, or you know, people who outsource their marketing to like marketing firms that are like, oh wow, this is great. Let's use FUD, and you're like, um, sorry, man, like not a good idea to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think for a lot of the industry, what what Solar Winds brought together because Dutch touched on two very important points that kind of correlate. COVID brought us stronger together as a community. And over that period of time, we fought ransomware and we were all in that kind of challenging period of time. And then solar winds came and solar winds wasn't the, we were all kind of glued together because of zoom and podcasts and live streams and all that stuff. But then solar winds kind of made us all either stick together. And then anyone who was kind of, um, who wasn't a real part of the community kind of fell off right because i mean a lot of people who wanted to post stuff against i think solar winds or FireEye eye or, or mm-hmm. any of the victims of this um, mm-hmm. they don't quite comprehend it and i think part of part of our effort now in 2021 has to be um, to get people to understand that hacks aren't victimless and that they do have victims and that those victims have side effects and that it has a downstream effect on everyone, from a company's financial performance, to the staff, to the PTSD that develops. Mm-hmm. I have friends that were part of, that work at Equifax because I'm in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And okay. you know, what are we three years after Equifax? Like Equifax was September yes. of 17. Yes. Some of those guys still go to therapy. Wow, because of it. Because they worked for, remember, they discovered it in July, they went into a 100 day period where Mm -hmm. they were on a secret floor in a building 10 minutes from my home, working 18 20 hour days under a lot of pressure, trying to one remediate and understand the complexity of it. And then when it broke into public, many of them publicly traded company, and they're on LinkedIn we're getting death threats, we're getting lawsuits, we're getting all this kind of stuff. And, you know, these breaches, they're not victimless. They they, they have a toll on people's families. Mm-hmm. I had several, um, when I started the podcast, I did a live event in 2018 here in Atlanta. And I brought several of the kids whose uh, parents work at Equifax. And I brought them on stage. And they're Girl Scouts Right. And they're Boy Scouts and they brought in and we're kind of talking about cyber for them. And then I kind of asked them, I go, So what was it like when, you know, mom and dad were dealing with the breach? And they're like, Well, we didn't see them and they were really upset. And there were periods of times where, you know, months we didn't see mom or dad. Like we'd see him maybe on the weekends for a few hours, but no one talks about that. Mm. That's right. not a, any news pub, pub, pub publication, but that doesn't happen to any other professional, right? A CFO misses his quarterlies. He doesn't miss sleep. Right. Yeah, he'll work a few extra days, a few extra hours. He'll build a better presentation. He'll, you know, make a few more phone calls. He'll go present it to the board, go home, go to sleep. But security people, you know. We don't have that luxury people at FireEye and SolarWinds and all those government agencies that were victims of this. They didn't they don't they're not they didn't celebrate Christmas last week. A lot of them worked on Christmas Eve and a lot of them went to work on Christmas Day after opening gifts with their family and maybe eating breakfast, right? Because they had a job to do. And a lot of them are working right now as we speak continuing their remediation. But that's what we need to do better in 2021 as a community is highlighting those stories. Yeah. because that's how other people from the, the outside of our echo chamber are going to start to understand that a breach isn't just a breach it is it is no different than you know I don't want to compare it cuz Dutch and I are both veterans but it is it for a lot of people it has similarities of going to war right because you're you're fighting for your livelihood your job, your 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 way of life, your company, the the security that you had, that financial security that was the definition of your life and you're fighting for it.
3: Right.
4: Yeah, you highlight a lot of good things there, James. And there has to be more of an understanding, not even just in the art community, but just candidly, just in, in, in business in general, right? That that things are going to happen. Right. And and hopefully you've done everything you can to mitigate and you know ahead of time, but then you have to manage through it, right? And to your point, James, at the end of the day, it's people, right? And so it's people that have to manage this, and there's longstanding impacts um, after the fact, and we have to get better at supporting supporting those. And, and to your point, maybe just shouting out those stories, highlighting those. You know, I don't know what we'll call them, the cyber heroes, right? I don't want to sound grandiose, but I mean, but there's people to your point, uh, lots of people today who are working actively on this issue, right? And, and they deserve, you know quiet recognition minimum
3: yeah dr
4: ah uh, yes i know dr Dwight. i knew my war
2: comment was gonna set people off that were listening they're like don't compare it to war it's not okay. the same uh we're, we're, we're not comparing it to war in the in the event of being in a battlefield but in the uh psychological aspect of being at at war so we're not discounting it. This isn't the, uh, what's his name, that tight end, like from 20 years ago that said, like, we're warriors and, you know, middle <laughs> you know, like the Afghanistan war. You're like, no, no. Yeah, no. I think that was no, Kellen Winslow, if I'm not mistaken, who said that. So, yeah.
3: Okay, early's back. Thanks for reading my comment to the group that SolarWinds Saga is continuing to unravel. Have you all heard about SISAs command to all U.S. agencies to either take Solowin's app offline or update immediately?
2: I think that was pretty known at the time. They told everyone right away to do that. I think now they're just kind of making it public.
1: Burn it to the ground. I think that was the quote. Yeah. <laughs> Rebuild. Yeah.
3: Love you, Dutch. Bad comparison. Many yeah. CEOs failed to take preventative actions in cyber.
1: We can't yep. blame okay. the CEOs completely, though. Like the security leaders need to step up and influence their c like their sea level folks. They can't just be like, "Oh, it's your fault," you know. Yeah, like the, the CISOs and the security leaders have a role in this.
4: Well, yeah, it's right. I I agree, Naomi. So, so I, I, I'm trying to make sure I got Dwayne's comment correctly, but yeah, here's the thing, right? At the end of the day, collectively we manage risk right that that's really right we, what we do and this is not new right we've been managing risk for for hundreds thousands of years right and so what's new is making sure that the ownership of risk sits at the right uh, place to align then the resources and the reaction to that risk right and so on the one extreme what I, I you know what i've seen is you know the CISOs are only on the hook right and so to to really to the, the points we are making earlier that's super stressful for then everybody in the entire team right that has a sort of zero fault, you know, kind of scenario. And, and that's always bad, right? That, that doesn't produce good results. It's super stressful In the stressful conditions people make narrower choices, right? Um, they're less creative. There's a whole tiering of things that happen, right? So it's more around everybody has to understand that risk is owned by the business, all risk, all, all types of risk, right? And that includes cyber risk, right? So from my perspective, anyway, CISOs have to inform about risk, have to build culture, right? And have to help Manage and mitigate the risk, right? But, but again, just from my perspective, the board, the, the the business owns the risk, just like they would own any other risk. And so, until you get that construct, you know, built in and all the workflows and all the informal relationships, right, to, to move that direction, then um, it can't just be a, the CISO and their team on the hook, right? No. And that, that's well, that's that's not a it's not going to lead to positive results.
2: So so let's let's reverse. Do this for a minute, right? Let's go to the filling shoes of a CEO of an organization, right? Because we're always talking about it from a security perspective. So if you're a CEO of a company, you've got 750 things to worry about before you get to security, right? If you've got investors, then you're worried about your investors and you're worried about your sales and your performance and your revenue. You're working with your product team. You're working with your marketing team. You're looking at your IT and network and you're kind of, you're hiring people to do that for you and you're trusting them to get the job done. Um, Once I, I spoke to a group of CEOs this year and my question to them was how much time, how do you divide? How do you time manage your time between all the different responsibilities a CEO has? And one of the questions that that I looked at was they kind of look at security and risk. And I think this is really important for us to understand. And they say, well, I hire someone to do that. He works with the CIO who understands what he's supposed to be doing. So look at where he's coming from. He doesn't think that security's job is to audit the CIO, but he thinks security is to complement the CIO. And that was common in a lot of my conversations with CEOs, right? So here's where our gap, when we talk about where who where, where a CISO should report to, well, here's CEOs telling you, well, he should work with the CIO because, you know, that's part of IT. And then when you start to explain that, well, security is a, a wider net, it's it's not just IT, it's data, and it's not just data, it's compliant and compliance and it's not just compliance it's global operations and it's not just global operations it's also geopolitical and it's not just geopolitical you're talking about you know legal consequences and 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 business advantages and 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 your own ips and, and all that other stuff and then they they start to take that in and go well okay that makes sense now i get it right but we don't have that conversation because when we're talking to the ceos we're Thinking as a CISO rather than as a business leader, what does he want to know, right? And what does what does the board care to know? And so, if you if you work if you're a CISO of a company like I am that operates in, in 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 a bunch of countries globally, right? Like we operate in a lot of countries. I think we operate in over forty or forty five countries now. I have forty well, or forty five different regulators.
4: So, and maybe I don't know if you Naomi, Naomi was heading this direction, but again, so I'm going to go back to inform right so that's that's from my perspective one of the key aspects right and so you have to kind of step back and go look the role is still really new and i know we've talked about this in the past right but the the role especially moving to a different reporting structure is really new right and so that's it's critical to make people aware of what, like where should this fit in and i don't have a one-size-fits-all opinion right I, I don't know you know each person's companies and their culture is different right i tend to not think it should be under a cio but there's probably times when, when that makes sense. But if you go back in time, we're also in a trajectory where people are coming away from being just the strongest. Naomi is the strongest security person, right? And she she, she, she puts effort and talent and she moves she moves onward, right? But um, if you go back and look at the CIO role, right? There's a white paper written in 1981 where they're debating, should they be a technical person, like a database administrator, or should they be a people <laughs> manager? Does that sound familiar, guys? <laughs> right we're tracking 50 years behind the cio role right yeah. it's, it's 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 the same trajectory right so there's multiple things happening one is businesses have to understand that just digital transformation in general has made cybersecurity commensurate with board level risk that's one that's the macro level change right to your point james so now it's affecting the entire business that's what in arguably triggers the CISO to move to the adult table from the kids table at thanksgiving right okay and so now you have to, but, but there's changes that have to occur a CISO then has to say, Hey, look, I, you know, again, I, I'm a huge fan of Gary Hayslip, like, like a lot of people, right? Yeah, CISO is a business executive, a business yeah. executive who just happens to manage risk. That's how he says, or right? He just happens to manage risk, right? right? That's a really interesting viewpoint. So, you know, when I, when I work with other people that like, that's what we talk about is like, what, how does your business think about risk? Like, let's just step back. How do you think about risk, right? If you're a public company, section 1A, better say your risk and you better have some explicit cybersecurity and implicit cybersecurity risks in there. If you don't, you're failing, right? The board has to establish that. And as the CISO, then you have to inform if they're not there, you have to work on that because that's where it has to end up. It can't just be to your point, James, I hired a person. That does not work. And (laughs) some of the the more
3: mature, some of the more mature, um,
4: we have to coach them.
3: Yeah, are doing that. So you see CISO reporting to like the VP yeah. of risk management and things like that, or reporting directly to the board, I mean, or directly to the CEO, like now right. Equifax CISO is. So, you know, as we evolve, I think you will start to see that. James, you were saying something?
2: So one of the things I'm doing for, I want to do for 2021 is really start to engage the CEOs in the cyber discussions from a perspective of how do you see it? And, and, and kind of trying to bridge those gaps because if you ask any cyber person, like, hey, what are you doing cyber, right? Uh, and how do you deal with your risk? They'll be like, well, I'm in fintech, and I go this way, and I'm in government, and we do this, and I'm in healthcare, and we we have to worry about that. And to me, I just feel like we can't be niche when it comes to security. Like, it's got to be almost universal because healthcare is supported by fintech, right? Like, everyone takes money. Like if you don't take money, I'm a little bit concerned about your business at that point, And I'm wondering how you're doing it, but everyone takes money. So everyone's dealing with some level of information and we live in a SaaS world where the data that you, that you have or get isn't always just going through your pipes. It's kind of like public water systems or electricity or internet. It's kind of going through everything and you know, it can, at any point in period in time, you know, get intercepted or blocked or whatnot.
3: Doctor Dan is here. <laughs> Doctor Dan says, wondering what it costs a CEO to not be aware of it.
2: Zero, zero, because they never get fired. The only CEO to ever no. be fired post breach was Equifax, and he wasn't Equifax. even fired. He got ninety million dollars to retire. No, He got ninety million oh, no, dollars.
3: got, marriage, got
2: his yeah, name's yeah. Richard, but everyone called him Dick. Dick Smith <laughs> got ninety million dollars and was sent home packing. Ninety million—that was his, um, his his, uh, his, his,
3: parachute. his yeah. severance, his severance package.
4: Right. I mean, so so here's an analogy, and it's not perfect, right? And that's you know, I had this discussion with. In earnestness, right? Like like people are like, no, but I own risk. And I'm like, okay, but let's talk about this. <laughs> okay. So I've been at public companies, private companies, IPOs, you know, during an IPO, right? And to, to James's early comment, and inevitably a company will have a bad quarter, right? And I said, so far, zero times in my 25 years have I seen a CFO be fired. I'm not picking on CFOs, by the way. <laughs> but my point is, that would be commensurate. Like, oh, we had a bad quarter fired the CFO. Well, you're in charge of finances. That's that's not how that works, right? Ultimately, the 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 ownership of risk, in my estimation, is the CEO, right? Board set risk appetite and risk tolerance. The CEO, like all risk, should own that risk. I mean that the, I, again. I know that's ideal, right? And it's aspirational because I see some of the comments. I agree, we're not there, right? But that's really where it belongs. It's a business risk, just like. The risk of competition the risk of an issue with the product uh, the product line a risk a risk with uh natural disaster occurring a risk with arbitrage currency all the normal risks cyber is one of those risks right so yes you have a Naomi or a James who is the domain expert right who should be informing establishing culture workflow pro, all the things right that we all, you know, that we all do day to day but ultimately that doesn't mean like oh I get to that's only Naomi. That
1: this this totally reminds me of what teachers are going through right now. Like, if you think about it, all the teachers are being blamed that you know their kids aren't learning at home. But like, the teachers like, oh, this is not just my responsibility. Parents like, you should be teaching your kids also things. But now during the pandemic, we realize how important teachers are. You know, all of a sudden it's like teachers like, well, we've been telling you this is a shared responsibility. This is not just us. Right. But the parents right now are like, no, I can't do this. I can't do this. But, you know, I'm at that point with you, Dutch. Like it is a shared responsibility. It's everyone's responsibility, not just parenting and teaching. Security is everyone's responsibility. I will say that to the moon and back. Yeah.
4: Again, I don't think there's a one size fits all to some of the comments. And I'm super aware that NGOs and charitable orders, there's different cultures, different structures. But again, at a macro level, we have to get to a better place. Right. And James, to your point, we're all in this together. Like when I talk with with uh, people in critical industries, right? Uh, supply chain and third-party risk is 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 right up here. <laughs> because to your point, um, I'm trying to think of a good abstract way to not mention something specifically. Let's say that I'm in the healthcare industry, right? And so, uh, Renee, you go in to get something done. Well, they send you to a clinic, and that clinic then outsources the billing of that to somebody else, right? So now you're four levels down, and Susan – and Tim, who are at that outsource, they, they don't have the same sense of response. You know, I mean, it's not because they're it's a mistake of effort. Right? It's not because they're trying to do something wrong. They just it's they don't know Renee. Right. They don't see the connection because they're, they're way downstream. But ultimately, who who gets, you know, who gets the sort of the brand hit for that when it goes badly is that first tier healthcare company. Right. So ultimately, right. everybody along that chain has we just have to get better because to James, your point it impacts everybody else. Yeah,
3: comments. Wanna do comments? Because they are sure.
1: flying. So I, have a, I have a question for Dutch then. Like, how would you what would be a solution for this? Like, how do you actually get people to start doing this?
4: Yeah, so I think it starts with you have to you have to take it's like eating the elephant, right? We have to pick pieces and start with that, right? So start with okay, who's my next tier down? Right. And spend time with, hey, here's my security culture here are the things that I think are important. Because by the way, they may not be the obvious things. The example I've used before is, I worked with a beverage company and I was going through just kind of risk, normal kind of high level risk analysis. And I just sort of presumed that like their customer data, PI, normal things. So I'm like, hey, these are your risks, right? And they're like, no. Well, they, I mean, they are like from a compliance and a governance standpoint. And I said, oh, what do you, what do you really care about? And then I thought, oh, is it, is it your formulas? is it your formulas that you have for the different drinks? And they laughed and I'm like, no. They're like, we all have a bunch of chemists. We backwards re-engineer. I can tell you exactly what's on all of my competitors' things, which is kind of interesting. And I said, so what do you care about? Those are marketing campaigns. If those get out in advance, that is disastrous for us because they're a brand, right? I mean, and so it just simply reoriented me to, hey, I don't always know. Like we don't, you know, somebody that doesn't. So no one you need to like explicitly determine what is my culture, if it's not where I want it to be, how do we start moving that culture where we want it to be? It has to be everybody in your enterprise. It can't just be the four of us. If Renee doesn't click on a phishing link, okay, yay. I mean, we would expect her not to click on the phishing link. It is the other 95% of your employees. That It's the person who's on an old machine with an old browser in the transportation center. That's where you're, That's where a big risk lies right there. So you have to get everybody to understand yeah. This is So it's a cultural thing, Naomi. You have to get the leadership to say, hey, this is important. And how you, one of the ways, if you look at changing culture just in general is, it's how you tell stories, right? So those stories that you share, kind of we're back to our heroes discussion, right? Those those are those are critical. Like executives have to start sharing the stories like, hey, um, Renee clicked on this link, but as soon as she did, she realized, oh, wait, I think I saw a thing on that. And she contacted James, who's her uh, cyber champ. And he's like, okay, we're gonna quarantine this and we're gonna take care of it, Right. And you need to tell those stories so people can go, ah, that's the right behavior. They have to know what the right behavior is. And candor, like it's not just setting, it's not just doing training. Like you need to do that. That's not enough. Culture is is implied, so you have to shine a light on it. And say, hey, these things are important to us as a, as a as an entity, as an organization, as a company. And you do that through stories, and you do that through reinforcing. And when people m- make a mistake of effort, you say it's okay, Renee. We're not firing Renee, right? Renee did the next, when you do something and it's incorrect, do the next right thing. She Yeah, called I hear you. James is their cyber champ. We fixed it.
2: Right? I, I remember the discussion around employees. Um, I was at the Electronic Crime Task Force uh, Roundup here in Atlanta last year. And several of the sisters were like, yeah, we're starting to implement a policy where we do awareness training in our org. And if you fail it three times, you can be fired for it. And I'm like, Wow. <laughs> Wow! What was That's
1: that company good. that was it GoDaddy that sent out that phishing test? I was just like, it,
3: say, yeah. Daddy.
1: So yeah. those are the kind of things that security leaders need to start being self-aware of things, and like, let's teach ourselves how to be better humans instead of like the black box machines that we are. Like we think we are. We right. don't just take inputs and generate outputs. Like we need to be. We need to operate at a human level. We need to improve our level of EQ and empathy. And we need to start making human connections, telling stories, like you said, Dutch. Like, we need to influence and teach. Like, not only are we managing risk, but we are also teaching about security from all different levels within an organization. And security leaders have to be great people, people. Great people, people.
4: It's leadership, right? That's all leadership. So it just happens to be that our domain is security but it's leadership. I mean there's nothing new that to that part of it. We just have to make the switch like I said from, you know, being and I love, you know, I love banging on a keyboard too, but but you have to make that switch that it's about the people. If you can't get all of the people, you're going to fail. And here's where,
1: here's where we're failing as an industry. We don't teach our, ourselves how to be great human leaders we don't have courses on cybery we don't have courses on plural site. like how to be an effective CISO from a human side like there is no psychology behind all the courses it's literally just like tech. well
2: there, there's some of that is starting to come into play though I, I've you know in, in my research I've started to see some companies where they've got a psychologist in, in part of their awareness creation team that's really kind of focused on the psychology of human beings, or or using uh, human behavior analytics, um, in order to really train a different way for people to operate. So, I mean, that stuff's going to come through. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of, um, it's it's just a matter of time, and it's a matter of people adopting it. Right? Like you see something like that you now. I mean, you go, all right, I'm not going to do the traditional. Awareness, you know, trainings and phishing tests. I'm really going to start doing something that's, you know, uh, based on each individual user and their computer competency. So someone who's in their, you know, fifties or sixties, you know, is going to operate a computer a lot different than a 23 year old out of college. Th- that's just a fact. Right. Right. And
3: I'm surprised that James, they that these security awareness. Companies tests, what have you with phishing didn't automatically have a social... like a some of somebody them do
2: with. some of them do because
3: it would make it would only make sense to me as someone with that HR you know background that it's all it's it always goes back to the human like every single right.
4: time it, and it has to be important <laughs> Dr. Dwayne's comments and Jesse hey Jesse right it look it, it has to be you have to make it be intrinsically important to as every person. They have to understand, right? You can't go, well, cool. We did our quarterly fishing training and we're done. And again, I'm not begging. You should do quarterly. I'm agreeing that the training is important, right? The difference is you have to establish the culture and a climate that they go, ah, well, this is important. It's not just something that Renee does over there. We We all have to do this. And so, again, how you do this, you should give them examples of this. Why is this important, right? And so another way of thinking about this is I talk about, like, quality, right? Today, we all just assume quality is intrinsically important. By the way, that was a revolution that happened to make that happen, right? It used to be in the 1920s, it was just Naomi's craftsmanship, right? We would go to her because she was an artisan, right? The whole revolution of quality changes. So now everybody, whether you're in logistics or transportation or legal, everybody thinks quality is important. That took that took somebody shining a light on it. Multiple people, right? Doctor Shuhart started it, really, right? And then Drs. Deming and um, Juran later, right? But it took a long time. Also, it took decades for people to understand that quality was important. It sounds dumb today to say that, but it took. It started with math, right? Statistical, you know, quality control. But ultimately, got to the point where it goes, well, quality is important. Like we all have to have quality, you know, built into what we do. We all have to have security built into what we do until you get to that mental headspace, you, you're going to just be, you're going to be chasing it. James I mean, had a good
1: point. Basic, sorry, sorry, Renee. Things
3: as basic as washing your hands. You know, <laughs> there, were, there was a time. <laughs> right? There was a time, right? There was a time when doctors in hospitals, they didn't believe, like washing your hands wasn't, they didn't understand where people were getting the infections. They didn't understand where people were dying, how people were dying. And what? After-
2: you mean touching a bunch of other infections? Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> well, not only that, there's a picking your nose and touching your body oh, yeah, parts right. and, and, and door handles and then All touching someone
3: the who's It was
4: a period where it was actually a badge of honor to be a barber or a doctor and have, have blood. Oh. Um, Right? <laughs> really? You guys read that? I mean, I remember if it was Chris Roberts. Somebody brought this up recently, right? That because if you were, clear, it was like, well, you can't. You I mean you're not getting your hands dirty? You're not doing your work. Like they, it was actually the complete opposite. Right? Like men with soft
2: hands weren't considered to be right. men. Right? Like if you didn't have battle scars on your hand, you weren't a man. Yeah.
4: So it's back to perspective. I see the comments here, right? Like, right. It yeah. has to be. What's our vision? What's our mission? What's important? What's culturally important to us? And you have to frame it that way because otherwise you're just throwing training at it and you're just making it the security team's problem. It cannot be just the security. We can do a lot of things, but we cannot solve all of the things because humans. And (laughs) here's where it's important, though.
1: James made a good point last week where we're currently talking in our echo chamber and I love talking to you, Josh. I love talking to James Renee, but we need to get out and we need to make this happen because oh, if, if we're just going to stay in here and just be like, our, pat each other on the back and how great we're talking about this stuff, like, we don't have the action to follow up. Like, if you have a conversation with your, sister, your CEO and you're not talking about this stuff, like, you're just talking BS currently. Yeah. And you're not making it
2: better. So, so how about we do this, Naomi? I've got a challenge, and Dutch and and Renee, l- l- let's. I always put a challenge every week here, right? We have <laughs> one challenge that starts tomorrow. Infosec hires. We're going to get ten people hired by sharing their profiles on LinkedIn under the hashtag hires. right? But here's another challenge. Um, um, I host the CISO Talk podcast, so I'm going to reach out to a bunch of CISOs that are willing to come on the show with their CEOs and talk about the successful things and the challenges they have in security. So if you know a CISO, if you're a CISO and you work with a CEO and your CEO is willing to come on a show, we're not going to ask about your security stuff. I don't want to know if you use you know, AWS or Azure right, or or if you use CrowdStrike or Carbon. I don't care. right. The idea is how do we fix that communication and then how do we bridge that gap? And so, I, I want to do four of those shows next year. I think that's, I that's that's a fair goal, once a quarter, and kind of bring on. So, if you know any CISOs that are willing to do this, if you yourself are willing to do it, you can you know reach out to me privately. Another challenge issued on CISO Thursdays.
3: <laughs> it's an awesome one. It's a really, really, really good one. Um, and I started to do a little bit of it from a leadership perspective with the CIOs. So right now, we know that I think. Sixty percent of CISOs report into CIOs, so getting them on, getting them on here with the leadership stuff. Let's talk about that too. So
1: sixty percent is kind of low to me. I
3: think I think it's sixty to seventy percent. I saw a pie chart the other day, sixty to seventy. I think are CIOs, and then a sliver is um, enterprise risk management. A tiny, tiny bit is directly to the CEO, and then mm-hmm. uh, there's something else. There's some people reporting into legal, like your chief legal officer. It makes in sense for some companies though. Like
1: it really does. Yeah depends.
4: All right, comment. Well, Naomi, <laughs> you know, do we hit your point? I, you're that's a that's a great shout out, Naomi. That you're right. If it's just us talking to each other, then I mean, well, I, we could <laughs> do <laughs> it. It's awesome. Do this every day. make a I, difference. <laughs> James out, so James threw out a, 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 a challenge. That's great. Like, you, but you're right, Naomi. Like, what else can we do? Because until CEOs, COOs, the C's, if, until everybody starts yes. to get this. Yeah. So we can't have podcasts where only our, our yeah. loving people that we already know are
1: on. Bring on people like like CFOs. Let's bring them on the show. And talk oh, absolutely. That's absolutely. I mean, I got,
3: I've got a, um, a recommendation last year and I started, I was looking for some CFOs, but it didn't pan out. But um, one person, his name is slipping my mind right now, but he he talked about the CFO's perspective, right? And how, especially with like budgets and CISOs and security teams, and how the CFO like aligns. And I thought I was like, this is fascinating. This is such good information because I know, especially folks that are maybe at the CISO level get this, but a step or two levels down, it's yeah. definitely. Are not even remotely thinking about things like this. So I agree with you all wholeheartedly and we're going to go to comments because there's zillions of them here. JJ Davy, our hey. um, our uh, bearded man. What does he call himself? The bearded the something honeypot. Uh, the ginger ginger honeypot. The ginger honeypot, yes! He says, don't panic sinkhole all the IOCs. That's when Dutch was talking about that stuff earlier. CEOs don't take action if they are not aware of security. Has the job to make people aware of risk to enable senior management to build a plan. So, pretty much everything else that we've been saying, much like war, you need the intelligence to ensure your resources are used in the best way possible. Hey, Renee, maybe in
1: 2021, we can rebrand this to be just C level Thursdays. It doesn't have to be CISO Thursdays. Anyone at a leadership level can come in. CXO, there you
2: go. CXO Thursdays. Bring them on.
1: CXOs. CXOs and bring yeah. and just what are their viewpoints on security? Like totally. they're all gonna sing, they're all gonna sing the song and dance. I promise you. But if you start digging, I'd be I like, think how do you back that up? How do you back up that song? No, and dance?
3: I, I had like I think the the last couple CIOs that we had on were so you know when I talked to them they were like this is great because. You know, people come in sometimes and especially, you know, security folks, you know, we're excited. We want to come in and, and they're like, you can't implement all this stuff. Like you have to think about the business, you know, and they were saying that and they were bringing that to light. So okay. I think they will really start to say like these are my frustrations, which is what mm-hmm. what I love to hear. I'm like, what are your frustrations? What's, You know, when you see a security person, like how do you bring them into leadership? Is that's what a lot of the folks that are here want to know. Like they started out, they were junior. Now they're a couple years in. Now they want to be a CISO. Okay, when you're a director, when you're a security director, when you're a CISO, when you're a CIO or whoever is hiring, what are you looking for? So they got they really really had some um, some good pointers, and I am excited because in the in 21 more are coming. Like I've invited some folks, and so they're going to be coming on too. So CxOs, I love it. Okay, so yeah. Romy says, in addition to encouraging folks who have an interest in the cybersecurity path, we could also create a forum to give shout outs to cyber leaders and professionals who sacrifice their time and life daily. I know we signed up for the exciting journey in the cyberspace, but it also comes with battle injuries. Romy, I'm 100% like, you guys, I, th- I feel like I get, I'm beamed to you all, because I totally thought about this. I was like, we should be shouting people out that deal with just, you know, CISOs, people, just folks in general, security folks who are dealing with this stuff. So I, I agree.
4: So Dr. Dan saying being comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's good.
3: Dr. Dan is always on point. Dr. Dan, you got to make him part of the seed stuff too. The dualism, Jesse says, the dualism of not including cybersecurity leadership in meetings, but looking to them for reaction and incident response must be dissolved. I think that's a really good point. Interesting information, James. We just have really profound impacts. I hadn't thought of it from that perspective. I think that's when James was talking about, um, you know, the uh, the mental health issues. So, and Early says, you made some great points regarding the mental health issues that can occur due to cybersecurity hacks. As a U.S. Marine veteran, I totally agree with you, bro. Perhaps we can consider providing better work-life balance when reacting to hacks.
2: I think the challenge with that is none of us want to go home when a hack happens, like we all want to get it done. Like people are really mission focused. I think that's, that's one of, one of, one of the downfalls of it. It's like, if you're in a battle, right? Like when we're in a military, like if you're in a gunfight, you don't say, Hey guys, listen, it's uh, 11 o'clock. Why don't we all go to sleep? Come back, back seven 30 after breakfast and we'll just keep shooting at each other. All right.
4: Like, but you- well, you're back to leadership, right? James. I mean, that's where we have block leave. Right, I mean, I'm sure you've been a black right. Where at some point, like I don't, I don't know, like you know, a, a, as an officer, like I would just give my people time, like often. Hey, just go home today. But like, yeah. how many times do your people? I, I'm middle, really uh, how many times do they fight middle. back? Oh, they fight times. back. It's okay, but I, I would, but I would still do that. I'd say, look, you know, Thursday after this time, I don't want to see any of you. You should all just go away. I, That's what I tell well, them. I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta find ways to inject it. Like when, when you can, again, and it, it, when something's critical, you, you may not have the time at that point in time, but you need to do it when you can, right? Whatever. That, and sometimes you can't, can't do everything like, and I'll take it to a civilian place where like I had a team who was under duress and it doesn't really matter. They were under stress. And I just said, hey, look, here's what we're gonna uh, I'm going to do. I'm going to get somebody to cover all of our stuff today. I work with my peers to cover all of our work, right? I've got a conference room. I brought in beer and pizzas and we watched office space. And for three hours, we didn't do anything. And that was the most I could do. I tried try to do other That's things, awesome. and I couldn't because we were under the, – the company was at a challenging point in time. But you can always do things, right? You can feel connected, part of the mission, you know, the, to be just be human, right? They need to have that. And you need to say, hey, like, let's everybody lower your shoulders and relax. Like, you, you need you need to find ways to do that.
3: I had to say that I did. I did exactly that. And he's, he also had, like, made somebody go home. He was like, go home now. Leave now.
2: <laughs> like, no, and, there's, and, and that's okay. I mean, that's that's part of doing it, right, is, is knowing. And I agree with you, Dutch. Like, sending people home, giving them time off, doing all of that is really, really important. And the work-life balance is critical. I think if we go to COVID, one of the, the I think, biggest challenges early on was all of us were plugged in that there were times where I'd be sitting here and I'd look out the window at 10 AM and then I'd look back out again and it's 8 30 PM. It's dark outside. Right. And I'm like, I've been sitting in this chair for, you know, nearly 10 hours and I haven't moved. Right.
3: Right. Dwayne says there's some CISOs that are executives and others are non-executives. It depends on the culture to include profit versus nonprofit organizations. Uh, not all CISOs are on the board. That book, that's a book definition. Yeah, we know know that for sure. I don't think many are, I don't think, are any on the board. Many CISOs don't own risk and have people that report or and not and have not had people that report to them at all. We do need to start asking non-cyber people how they see it. This is from JJ, agree. Clinton. Um, however, there are laws laws to get CEOs in in prison. He means prison. Oh, to put them in prison if they suffer a breach around IoT breaches. More and more of this will be the case, same with CISOs as well as in the future. So, so that's that that's that
2: that's a really interesting point. So, Russ Young and I had this debate a while ago, which was should CISOs be licensed like pilots, meaning beyond your cert. Should you should there be like an FAA authority for CISOs to where if you're going to be a CISO, you should have a license? So the reason he said that was um, what if in order for you to actually carry the risk and if you had a license, then the board would be required – to put you there. So you'd guaranteed to have a seat. You'd have to definitely report to the CEO at that point. Right. Cause you'd have to be licensed to do it. And it would require you to do a specific amount of training by like, you know, pilots that they, they can't just, they, they have to spend, I think, what is it like eight hours a, a month on a simulator mm-hmm. beyond what they fly. And they're only allowed to fly a limited amount of hours and they need rest and so forth. And so he kind of made that argument. I had that same discussion once with Patrick Benoit. Um, because Pat's a pilot and there's a lot of people in cyber that are pilots. And we kind of had that discussion and it's a very interesting one because you don't want to put people in prison for being a victim of a cyber breach. Right. Cause that's kind of like, Hey, Renee, you got robbed. Well, it's your fault for leaving your house door unlocked. So we're not going to charge the criminal of doing it. We're going right. to charge you because you should have locked your door.
3: I hadn't even heard about
2: this. There's been stuff that's been circulated by some really weird people in some really weird places about doing something like this. But they're trying to use it as a way to be like, if you don't take this seriously, like you got to read between. Yeah,
3: holding the person accountable. Right. Right.
2: Like we're going to we're going to pass a law to hold you accountable to it. That law would never make it through because just the law being against the law like that would be insane. It, It just. You know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't come come to it wouldn't come into play, but it's it's a very. I don't think that we should look at government, and I'll say this again, and I think I say that every week, to be the entity that comes to solve all of our problems. If we've learned anything this year, is that relying on government might be the worst thing on the planet to do.
3: Omg. Romy says, CISOs map out the maturity level of their organization, they have to align regulations with practices and risks with maturity. Funny how many CIOs in 2020 are not aware of certain tools like FCAT. newsflash, managing an organization is not all about people, take into consideration the tools, resources, and the infrastructure that manages the assets. Dwayne says, Romy, that is a fact. <laughs> With Dutch, when you were talking, I put this up there because they were saying well said, Dutch. And Naomi and I were behind the scenes saying Dutch needs a podcast. <laughs> uh, solution is teamwork. Um, Dwayne, <laughs> everyone is in your inner anyone in your in a pod, leadership culture is good. CEOs. Oh my gosh. Okay, so. Ah, Mr. Spot. Where are we here? They loved your your end comments. Humans want to act like computers now. Romy says this, acting like the machines we built, sounding like sounds like an i robot movie.
2: Is there a movie that Will Smith hasn't done?
3: Uh, I, I, feel look- like,
2: I feel like feel like this year has been a Will Smith rerun of movies.
3: <laughs> it, it, it had definitely <laughs> felt like that. Tyrone says, "Are CISOs seen on the same level as other C-suite executives, and if not, could this be the problem?" Yeah,
4: Thank you. That's we touched on that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, is in in some cases, right? But that's like in the one case from a <laughs> court, right?
3: In one case, <laughs> that's <laughs> cool facts. That's it. Um, Jesse says, "Here we need to link mission, vision, values to the security program and show how security is an enabling force." I like that's that. Absolutely. Spot on, Jesse. Spot on. Michelle made a funny comment. We use AI to teach human behavior. Hey, Michelle. AI for the human. Dwayne says, Dwayne needs to be on here. I think we definitely need well, values and missions with security and Totally. What would we
1: call? What would you call him? Would you call him Doctor, or would you call him Major? Like, what what would his title be? Doctor, uh, I call Major,
2: Doctor, Dwayne Hodges. Exactly. Major
1: Doctor or Dr. Major?
2: <laughs> major Doctor Major?
1: Major Doctor. Major
2: Doctor because he's not only a doctor, he's a major.
1: But what comes first?
2: Major because your military is 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 superior to anything else.
3: Oh, okay. There it is. We've been schooled.
4: We can ask Dr. Dwayne. I I always call him Dr. Dwayne because I know him, but I mean, we could ask.
1: We could just ask.
4: We could could ask (laughs) him. Here comes the comment. comment. If you call him a
2: major doctor, that means he's a really major doctor.
1: Major
3: (laughs) Dr. Dwayne.
1: Major is an adjective.
4: Right.
3: Dirty coffee cup on the desk. So funny. Um, Early said he loved the end of Dutch's last comment because, and he took a long pause, humans. Yep. Okay. Get some.
4: This is a good point. Which one? Well, no, D- Dr. Dwayne's making a good point on, right. That's the other, that's one of the other levers to pull, right? Is we like, not only do we have to start from the top down and start to try to figure out how do we change culture and get engagement across the business, but he's right. The long, the long path or longer path, maybe, but a really solid one is we got to start with the students as well. So if you're going, you guys talked about trainings and certifications in school last, last, last week. Right. So if it's how to do, fill in the blank, Python, how to do pen testing, how to do whatever, we're failing. We're failing, right? Because we're not setting them up for success. Everything that we do in cybersecurity is about enabling the business. Yep. The business exists for the sake of the business. Whatever that is, whether it's a you know uh, an NGO or a charity or for profit, they exist for whatever that mission is, right? You have to respect that. And business leaders get to decide It's it's a balancing game, right? How much risk am I... Knowingly willing to accept, right? And when it when it goes outside of that parameter, outside of that risk uh, tolerance, what? Do, how do we wrap, right? But at the end of the day, it's still enabling the business. So if we only teach tech, we're failing. Absolutely, for, tech, for tech's sake, it exists to enable the business, and you have to make that tie between the two.
1: One hundred percent agree. Yeah, we need to train and mentor the human, for sure. And here's where I kind of am happy when I think about it. Like, We as cybersecurity professionals will always have a job because as long as we are coming up with creative human solutions to deal with real human problems and business human problems, we will always have a job because we are the only humans right now, uh, at least that I can think of, that can solve these kind of human-level problems. AI can't do it for us. So I think we're okay.
3: Major Dr. Dwayne says leadership has been talking amongst themselves for years and still getting hacked. Get your subordinates involved. So, so true, so true. Um, I should definitely invite CEOs like Jade Scarver. Yes, invite her early. Um, Dr. Dan says seems like it would help to let them know what they need to know and how to find out. What about helping them be comfortable with being uncomfortable? Dan always has the, it's like wisdom coming through. Early says, this may be a long shot, but I should also consider inviting Nutanix CIO. Go for it. Yeah, invite them all, Mm -hmm. (laughs) invite them. We'll help you, we'll collectively get together. You are all sitting under Niagara Falls, Dr. Dan says. The attacks never stop to a better 2026. Did anybody see our 2026? I did, I saw that one, yeah. Think about the future, right? So the folks that don't know, Dr. Dan and I, we do, Dr. Dan always has his clients five years out looking backwards. So right now, all of us are in 2026, figuring out how to not screw up 2025, 20, four, So that's Dan's uh, mantra. Early says, I hear you James, but as, but as I think this a staggered rest for one's team, everyone doesn't have to work all the time. That's when we're talking about mental health. Um, Scott says CE- CEOs don't, CFOs don't, but we should, I don't know. Um, He's talking about oh, me all the time. Yes. Yeah. When they get, um, yep. And Scott says here, yeah, we should, but that should be self imposed directive. My issue is own and breach liability without such training. JJ, we can't stop all attacks. However, we can be prudent in our activities. I believe proving due diligence, care in regards to cybersecurity, then we should stop finger pointing to C level people and show support instead. 100%. This through, LOL, Army Ranks Trumps. army ranks. Trumps. yeah. Here it
2: is. Told y'all. I told major you. Army, doctor. Ranks, army Trumps it all. we got
3: school. schooled. we
1: got not Dr. It's Dr. not good. He but it's a retired major doctor. A retired major doctor, is it, or not? just major?
3: Major
2: doctor. You're never retired. i no, no retired. When you're no, a veteran, no, no. you're never retired. No, you're no. always in.
1: My bad. <laughs>
3: Yo, James, you're starting to sound like the great U.S. President Ronald Reagan. Government is not the solution to your problem. Government is the problem. It's sounding kind of much more You know what else he
4: said? He said, uh, President Reagan said, uh, the scariest words are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. (laughs)
2: <laughs> and and to just make that deliver that point home with a home run, our government spends one and a half million dollars walking lizards on treadmills, treadmills as part of their COVID bailout plan. <laughs> I just want y'all to know that. That one and a half million dollars are going to study lizards walking on treadmills.
1: With little leashes.
2: I wonder if they have leashes or not.
1: I, I'm picturing leashes. I I'm, can't imagine I'm them leashes too. I know a billion. Like
2: they have a leash, and then at the end of it, they put like something a lizard wants to eat, and they're like walk to it, and then they turn on the treadmill, takes it back, and just keep doing that to the lizard. <laughs>
3: it's the it's that little going to
4: make a whole pod for for James. James, you should just find these weird DARPA <laughs> projects. And just comment on the you know, for an entire podcast. Like
3: we that. need to have James come in with the news, but like the James news. <laughs> That's what we'll call it. James, I care segment. about my
2: tax money. I don't want one and a half million dollars for some people is life changing.
3: Yeah. Oh. I'll take
1: it. I'll walk the lizards. I'll do it. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Naomi's like, I'll walk
2: on a treadmill for one and a half million dollars. How long I gotta do it for. Exactly.
3: So. <laughs> and, and, the, and the problem is. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll collectively, I think we would all collectively split that one and half to walk up. Absolutely. Breakfast. That's oh a good God.
4: point though, right? You're back to, there's just sort of can be a perception, right? So I'll just speak for officers, right? That, that like you're sitting somewhere and you make these decisions and you don't involve any other people. I mean, you can do that, but then you're a terrible leader. Like, I'll just put it out there. Okay. That's <laughs> not how it works, right? It's the same thing, right? The way that the, it's, I'll be specific to the army, but it's it's similarly really through all the services, right? Uh, 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 officers have in in some cases a lot of education and less experience, right? And then they start to merge, right? But if you're a smart officer, what you do is you leverage all of those learnings from the people. Like you don't just make stuff up. And say, okay, we're going to go do this, and this is the, the that's not how you do that. You get a, a mission that's given to you, and you talk it over with your with your leaders. And go, okay. The book says to do A. Should we do A? And they go, Hell no! We did that in Panama. It doesn't work. Okay, cool. What do you think, James? I mean, that, that's that's it's the same thing. I mean, so take that into civilian sector. If you're just sitting there making, no, you, know, you shouldn't be just making those decisions on your that's own. Building strategies true. by yourself, right? It's who are the practitioners? What are you seeing? What's happening? And they need to know that their their opinions are valuable. They're super valuable. You're the person who's actually you're
3: the person on the ground. They're the person doing it with their hands in the work,
2: absolutely well, go, to, go to like big corps, right? Like people who have a 500 person team or a thousand person team and ask them what tool to use in your sim. I
4: guarantee you they wouldn't be able to answer that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm laughing because, because Major Dr. Dwayne, I was enlisted as well, so I was enlisted as an officer, so I'm, I'm plus one in your, your comment there.
3: Major Dr. Dwayne says, Thank goodness, I was enlisted. <laughs> What's the butter bar? I don't know. So
4: when uh, you're lieutenant, butter bar, butter bar. When you're you, you, lieutenant, yeah, it's a little gold bar. So the. Oh, oh, oh!
3: oh. You you <laughs> right. Right. To right. When you
4: graduate, yeah. up. Right. Awesome. It's a,
2: it, it essentially oh. means at that point you're a lifer, <laughs> and you're not leaving ever. <laughs> it's like Hotel California. You can check out anytime you like, but you never
3: leave. <laughs> you never leave. Oh, Major Doug Williams says, all T.L.s and all generals are not leaders because they fail, just as Dutch said, because they fail to make strategic decisions because they lead the troops out of the
4: big deals. So, so yep. true. Right. Leadership so, and management, not the same, right? They're not the same thing. Not the same We're at important. all. Management is about process and workflow. Yep. It's to ensure things happen and you have to have that. But just because, we give, you know, you give Dutch a management title. that doesn't mean I'm a leader. And then right. conversely, you don't have to have a title to be a leader. And I don't mean that to sound flippant. I know it's something we could stitch on a on a, on a a quilt, but it's true, right? I mean, leadership is about connecting with other people and helping move them forward. That That's at the end state. That's all it's about, right? And so you could have a title and not do that. And, you know, hopefully you work those people out because you don't want them. It's yeah. not about that, right? It's about... Moving everybody forward, right? And how you do that is you get them fired up and connected, just like you know, everybody here on this call mm-hmm.
3: absolutely. So, um, Romy says a disc assessment is an adequate tool to figure out individual strengths and probably use results to place folks in the right position for success. Some leaders avoid such assessments because they don't see the relevance for self assessment, just thinking, hmm, go through how we can improve human interaction and performance in organizations. We had a a, a discussion. Um, there was a young lady who she did disc assessments sure. and um, other assessments on on not this particular show, but one of the other ones. Um, and I'm all for assessments. I mean, we're in the process of, of writing this cyber breaking into cyber book with Chris Folan and Gary, um, and oh. so we're talking about. And part of it is assessments, and you know, like take. We know the military does it all the time. You know, as people come in, you get assessed and that's when they figure out where to slot you, all that kind of stuff. So
1: totally agree with that. Um, And for the people rolling their eyes about self-assessments, like there's real data behind this. There's research, there's some years of evidence. Like it is, that stuff works. Yeah. The military does it all the time. Dr. Dan has an awesome
3: assessment that he does with his, I think it's called um, the Hogan which is one that when they bring in C-suite executives, a lot of times it's a full assessment, um, you know, to really like see where you are as a leader.
4: But James so. kind of touched on this about psychologists, right? right? So let me just plus one. And I know he was bagging on liberal arts degrees, but I have my undergrads in history, by the way. Uh, took a little bit. <laughs> James is it.
3: anti-liberal
4: <laughs> arts. Yeah, but we need but we need people from the other, degree. from other, from with other degrees. With uh, other and other well, domains. Degree, don't
1: pay for it. How about that?
4: Yeah,
2: don't pay for a liberal arts degree. That should be like something free. Like,
4: <laughs> here. You're hilarious. (laughs) 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 But we need that to inform from a leadership culture standpoint, right? We do. I mean, so all all Kenny said, right? So, uh, you know, the ability, and also you can do a cultural assessment because I've had people ask, well, how do I mean, I I mean, you know, go look. I mean, there's, you can do a cultural assessment of where are we at, even if it's just four of us starting a company tomorrow, right? Like, what's important to us? What do we want to focus on? So you can do that. So I'm all in favor of, you, you got to give people the tools, right? And yet, it starts with, "Well, where am I?" All right? And that's facetiously, but like against something, right? Just a way to understand what am I strong at, where am I, where, where can I use improvement? Um, that'd be a big help.
3: Major Doctor Duane is laughing. At his <laughs> ass off! He thinks this is so funny. <laughs> James
1: is laughing with us or at us. So I think he's laughing uh, at James' liberal arts degree. <laughs> that's yeah. That's just- <laughs>
3: I have two degrees. Sounds like you
2: need Like, you know, you know, they made lemon laws, right? For someone to sell you a bad car, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, liberal arts degree is literally (laughs) the lemon of college degrees. It's
3: learning how to learn, James. Right. What What is
2: high school for? What is middle school for? What are parents for? What are grandparents for? What is a community all of, for I'm
3: bringing all the C cells with liberal arts degrees on here? That's what, that's what's next. Yeah. <laughs> the
2: liberal arts and all you're going to do is you're going to prove my point. Cause they're all like, <laughs> I graduated, spent four years trying to find, I was in sales. I was doing all kinds of crap. And then I was like, I got to get a real job. And I went when I got a cert and started in cyber.
3: I have a seat. I forget his name right now, but he's coming on here. I'm bringing him on with you.
4: <laughs> I will debate anyone on this. James had like a bad experience. Like he had a really mean. Like
1: it was rough. know like listen. You know
2: how many people I know that have a liberal arts degree that are like salespeople at Best Buy? <laughs>
1: Goodbye, James. So maybe maybe Dr. do said <laughs> they have some kicking you, your daughter's going to be majoring at English. No, college. she
2: won't, because I'm You're not paying for that.
1: History in English major. No,
2: we'll
3: James, A. Uh, we daughter, him. listen to us. <laughs> make your, you want to piss your dad off? <laughs> Tell him that's your major. <laughs> All right, folks, we need to wrap this up. <laughs> right, we're come losing it We're going to wrap. Um Dwayne Dr. Major Dr. Dwayne, please come on here because you're cracking up. We're gonna have a good time. Michelle says assessments do help understand current state. You can't run a marathon if you've never ran a mile. Amen. And Major Dr. Dwayne says, I am a certified Ciso and I don't know what that means. A C CISO, Nice cert. Nice. All right, folks. New Year's Eve is over. Oh my goodness. People are still chiming in. Dan is going to be the last comment. Romy says, look on the bright side. Some learn how to collaborate and communicate effectively. Funny but some probably learn how to write better, even write their names.
2: Okay. I just got the best meme in the planet. <clears throat> you want to hear it? Someone sent me a meme and to go, it's 2021 in Australia and it's still shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> hey
3: Jason, I have a bachelor's degree in Eden. There you go. Oh my God. Dan says, move people from a management culture to a coaching culture. Fantastic outcomes in remote management. Leaders need to know what they do well before they can help unconscious competence. Problem. So if you guys want to learn more about that, I'm putting a plug in for our Mondays with Dr. Dan because he is amazing. And today is the last le- I cannot believe we did. How many C Thursdays did we do? A couple months worse, I think. A couple like six months? Yeah. No, I no don't yeah.
1: think so. Not six September,
3: months. October. Eight weeks worse, something like that. This has been so much fun. The most exciting day of my my week. It's still Thursdays. And we are going to wrap it up. Last the year. Thank you all for being so awesome and amazing. Thank you, Thank Dutch, you for being here. here. Yeah,
2: Thank, you, awesome. Thank you, Naomi.
3: Thank you, on. Alex here, here, Azar. Thank you For having, I this. love you all.
2: I think people I are going to start confusing me with HHS secretary because of you, yeah. and uh, you know that's going to be very. You know they're going to be like, "What the hell, James?"
1: <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody! Yeah, Set it off to in style. What should we do for 2020? Mm-hmm. Set it off in style. 2021. I don't know. Should we
2: bring our intro music?
4: Yeah. That's right.
1: I got to have my intro music
3: for next week. That's what I'll do.
2: All right, I have outro music for he us. Does. Okay, I do have okay. outro music. I think so. I think so. Hang on, yeah. let me see if I can pull it up. One, what?
1: Throw your middle fingers in the air. Walk away. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we are on LinkedIn, so I don't know that we want to start dropping <laughs> f bombs around here. Um, but no, I I can't pull up the uh, outro. I'm sorry.
3: All right, we'll do it next week we'll start we'll start it new a new year new fun times all right folks
2: happy new year y'all
3: happy new year everybody <laughs> 2021 let's go let's do it <laughs> bye bye 2020